Hello, everyone, and welcome to tonight's edition of the Draft Countdown Podcast. I am your co-host, Brian Bosard, back this week. Uh, as always, my co-host, Shane P. Hallam. Shane, we are 210 days, 22 hours, 59 minutes, and 42 seconds away from the 2023 NFL Draft. We are. We had, we had a fun weekend of college football, but more importantly, you uh, you came back from Disney, so we missed you last week uh, hosting Tough job, but I did. I'm wearing my new uh, my new shirt here, my Chippendale uh, Disney shirt for you. So uh, busting that out in honor of your your Disney trip. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Disney trip, I'm glad I went last week and not this week. Yeah. One uh, of our thoughts go out to everybody in the uh, Gulf Coast and Central Florida region who are ex- currently experience a Category Four Hurricane Ian. Uh, especially our good friend Pigskin Paul, who I hope is hunkered down and safe at his home in Claremont. So, uh, Paul, thinking about you, buddy, and uh, everybody else, that all of our friends down there, uh, y'all stay safe. Uh, but now, Shane, you know, I, I was out last week, and uh, we want everybody who is listening or watching or whatever, if you have any questions, uh, hit us up in the chat. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at Draft Countdown or go to our Discord, uh, join up, ask questions. We answer many, many questions we get there. You can find the link to the Discord uh, on our Twitter page and uh, on our front page of DraftCountdown.com. Everybody sign that up. We always have some rousing discussions during uh, College Football Saturdays and uh, NFL Sunday. Shane, always, always a good time in there. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, and as we're watching the games, a lot of times, if you know, if I can have it open, I'll pop in there. We'll, we'll chat it up, talk about what's going on. Everyone's watching different games, so yeah, hang out in the Discord. It's going to be popping. I'm especially when we get to January, get the draft season, it'll be building. So I can't, I can't wait for that. Yeah, um, yeah, especially like during Senior Bowl time, because I'll be in there. Anybody has any questions during Senior Bowl week, I'll pop in and say, "Hey, this is what I saw." You know, so it'll, it's going to be fun. Uh, some, some. Fortunately, Shane, uh, it seems like we had a lot of major injuries to draft prospects this week. Uh, one happened last week while I was out. I don't know if you and Nino talked about it or not, but I saw or uh, Minnesota wide receiver Chris Altman Bell out for the season uh, with, uh, I assume, some sort of knee or something, just a lower leg injury. Uh, they said they will seek a seventh year from the NCA if he wants to pursue that. He, he was always a guy with a lot of promise that just never – I mean, Tanner Morgan was never the thrower. I think if I was Chris Ottenbell, I'd try to come back to school if he has NFL hopes. I think you'll have a better passer there next year. And Ethan Kaliamakis, I'm probably not saying that correctly. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I had some high hopes from a couple of years ago. It just never really panned out. I think the biggest injury news to come out of this week was uh, Texas A&M running back wide receiver Aeneas Smith uh, out for the year. That's uh, He was just a, a tremendous athlete, uh, the leading receiver for Texas A&M this year. Uh, a lot of that dual threat promise that I think we both love out of that position, and uh, but unfortunately he, his season is over. And and he's just such a good natural receiver, route runner. I think he was a potential top 100 pick. I'm not sure if he quite was there yet. Like you said, leading receiver for AM helped them 
uh, a little bit. I, 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 he's another guy. Like if he goes back to school, he could have a good year. Comes back. Uh, I think there's is still a high ceiling for him, especially if AM get their quarterback situation figured out as well. So uh, that was unfortunate because I, I really was looking forward to seeing him more this season. He was a ranked as a top 10 running back for me. Like I said, I don't know if we would have ultimately settled with him as a running back. Yeah, he, he's a he's receiver now. Yeah. They basically, he's full-time, so. Uh, another running back uh, out for the year, this one with a famous last name, uh, Stanford's E.J. Smith, son of Hall of Fame and uh, running back Emmett Smith, uh, out for the year. Uh did not say what I didn't see what his injury was, but EJ Smith, uh, I hadn't haven't actually seen him take a carry, so I guess I won't <laughs> this season. He looked good against USC uh, when they played him. Uh, it was, you know, I think he had almost five yards of carry. He had a touchdown in that game. Was starting to get a lot of work. Seemed like he was going to be their workhorse running back. Had eight catches in two games. I mean, EJ Smith was looking up. So it's just, I hate when, I hate when those injuries happen, but he, he should be hopefully be the starter next year. We can get another shot. And finally, Utah tight end Brent Cuthy out for the year uh, as well. That, that's a big one. That's a big hit too. He was you know potentially top H back fullback type and was having a good season. Now Dalton Kincaid, this could propel the other tight end there in, in Kincaid to a potential day two selection. No, no doubt about it. Uh, so, yeah, tough week for injuries there. Uh, Shane, you watched more games than I did this weekend. So uh, I'm going to let you start here. Uh, week four, let's look back there. And who was who was your favorite offensive player that you watched this week? I, I, ha- I have to go with Sam Hartman, the quarterback at Wake Forest, uh, as my number one player. I, I – Two, now two weeks back from the injury medical, whatever was keeping him out early in the season. Um, this was the best passing I've ever seen him do. Now, last year, he kind of willed Wake Forest to victory, was running around, making plays with his legs, had a cut pass here and there. But against Clemson, he had to go kind of tit for tat. Um, and, and Clemson secondary was beat up, but still, there's some deep passes that he hit perfectly uh corner of the end zone he was making plays uh six touchdowns which was the most in wake forest history for a quarterback passing was unbelievable so uh you know i I think we'll talk a little quarterback going forward but if we're looking we're kind of looking for more first round quarterbacks a lot of the guys we had before the season tyler van dyke got benched this week uh you know not not there i think sam hartman uh, Michael Penix of Washington. I think these are guys that are starting to make that push to say, hey, there's some really big crowd potential here. Maybe they're first-round quarterbacks. For sure. Uh, so I get to span a couple of weeks here because I watched uh, two games from week three, two games from week four. So I'm going to go back to week three. And I know I listened to a little bit of the podcast last week with you and Nino, and I know – Y'all talked about him, but I'm going to talk about him again, and that's Rasheed Rice from SMU in that game uh, against Maryland, 11 catches for 193 yards on 20 targets. The guy's catch radius is – I mean, uh, ability to make the just the unworldly catch is crazy. He's, uh, I love his catch radius, his hands, he can run. Uh, I, I've moved Rasheed Rice into my top five wide receivers right now. He has and made I- the move for me. 
I think it's possible. I think it's possible he goes in the top five wide receivers with the way he's playing, with the size, um, with the production. So I don't think you're off by any means putting him there. It's 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 going to be a good wide receiver group, and he's he's in that. Um, trying to see, I, I still have him a little bit lower, but uh, he's definitely been moving up. <laughs> I keep moving him up every time I watch him. Who'd you like on defense this week? D- defense, um, you know, I'll go with uh, there's a couple couple decent choices here, but you know, I- I'm gonna go with Gabe Reed. The I think we have him as a linebacker, edge rusher from Utah, Stanford transfer over there to Utah. Um, and I mean, against Arizona State, he was in the backfield just consistently. Not a player that I was watching for, hunting for, but it, you see the 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 kind of bend around. The line was really good. He was playing more of a traditional defensive end role there for Utah, so different from what he did at Stanford and seemed to adjust naturally to that. Um, really good hand usage, good rip move off the edge, and it, he, he was heads up. You know, He knew when the running back was going outside. He forced him back inside. He was pretty disciplined. So uh, definitely puts him on my radar and someone that uh, I need to move up my rankings after watching him this week. I believe I'm going to mention this guy's name for the first time on our podcast uh, at any point. Uh, but going back to week three, uh, Western Kentucky cornerback, I hope I'm going to pronounce his name right here, Kalef Halesey, uh, fifth-year player, 6'1", 195. He's a transfer from Oregon, was a top 100 recruit coming out of high school. Uh, against Indiana, he had nine tackles, six solo, a sack, two pass breakups. Uh, he's got good length. He doesn't have a huge frame. Like he's not thick, but it doesn't matter. He does. It doesn't stop him from being aggressive uh, in, in the run in run defense. And he's got that like Mike Hilton kind of vibe where they'll line him up in the slot. They'll line him up on the outside and he'll blitz. And he's he got multiple sacks this year already uh, on the season. And he had his first interception in week four against FIU. But uh, Halacy is uh, he's got good length, closing speed. I really liked his game there against um, Indiana, and I want to see more of him going forward. Uh, he looks like a player to keep an eye on. And like I said, he had the the pedigree coming out of high school. It just didn't happen at Oregon. Uh, went to JC and uh, now at Western Kentucky. Yeah, I'm gonna have to watch him. And it seems like he had an interception the next week against FIU. So, yeah. so he was kept it going there. Um, so I'll, I'll put him on my list. I need to. I'll get some Western Kentucky in here pretty soon. Hopefully, make it happen. Uh, probably need to see some Austin Reed there too, Shane, uh, to get that Western Kentucky. That guy's starting to play pretty well. Um, so let's keep the theme of defense here and. Uh, Last week, uh, you and Nino talked about our top five receivers as well as his top five uh, wide receivers. Uh, mine has changed since last week's podcast, obviously, after what I just said. But uh, defensive linemen here, we're talking about interior defensive linemen. We're, we're talking about guys that can be a, a th- uh, that 34, uh, five-tech type guy outside, uh, inside the tackle uh guard there or can be just you know outside guys in like a 
you know, run defense four three, but and nose tackles. It's that's the position we basically lump all these guys into as, as defensive linemen. But Shane, our number one guy here uh, is the same, and not sure either one of us is going to alter this one either much going forward. It could be, maybe, but uh, Jalen Carter from Georgia uh, tops the list for both of us. I mean, his, his season last year rotating in with Jordan Davis and Trayvon Walker and the defensive lineman that Georgia had last year and watching him, it was, th- this might be the best player on that defense. You know, when that happens to, to these multiple first rounders going, um, then I, I think you have to put him there. Uh, you know, high recruit over 300 pounds, He's big. He's long. He knows how to use that length to his advantage. Really good at getting his hands up, batting down passes, good timing. Has not had much production this year. There's definitely been a lot of attention paid by by opposing offensive lines on Jalen Carter. They're they're not, you know, he's getting the double team. He's getting the guard peeking over there. Um, They're using the back to chip him. So I don't know if that ends up hurting his draft stock at all. But I, I don't. I think that the tools are natural. I think it will come in SEC play. Um, so I, I wouldn't say it's a slam dunk that he stays there. But um, I, I think he's going to be a first round pick for sure. Not a whole lot of production from anybody on Georgia's defensive line. Uh, only one sack, I think, through their first four games. Um, but yet their defense is dominating everybody. Sands, Kent State. So, which. I don't know what what happened there. Um, we have altering uh, number two defensive linemen here. Uh, both play their college ball in the state of South Carolina, though. <laughs> so uh, I'll let you start with the upstate uh, defensive uh, lineman here, who is my number four, your number two, uh, Brian Breesey from Clemson. And, and Brian Breesey also in that same class as Jalen Carter, the other five-star <laughs> defensive lineman from that class, you know, a couple really good ones. And you're going to talk about one here in a second. Um, but, you know, I, I think Breesey, he is just, he's just rocked up, built up. I mean, that functional strength that he has to be able to both two gap and be able to rush the passer. You know, he can play low when he wants to play low and he can play a little higher when he wants to play a little higher. I love the versatility. I, I think he could play a five tech position in the three, four would be ideal for him because he could set that edge, had a great game week one against Georgia tech was dominant uh, flying in the backfield. I thought he played pretty well uh, coming back against wake forest. You know, his sister had died. We talked about that on the podcast the week before, um, but he came back from wake forest got some penetration, wouldn't let them run the football, and I think it helped Clemson win. I, I think I think Breesey's um, a pretty a really good player. I don't think he's you know a, a special player, as special as he looked as a true freshman, but uh, I'm, I'm a big fan. Uh, the other guy uh, from the center of the state of South Carolina is South Carolina Gamecock defensive lineman Zach Pickens is my number two. You're number five. Uh, you've been higher on him before. Uh, he's a guy I wish would have more pass rush uh, wins, uh, but you do see that quick arm hitch. He's got his, he's quick with his hands. He's a superior run defender uh, right now. I think uh, he's con- consistently uh, in the backfield and making he makes a lot of tackles. Um, 
in, in the run game and in, you know, I guess in the past game as well. But like I said, he's a guy I wish would win more, but I just, you, you know, the potential is there for him to win more in the past game. Uh, and it, to be honest, maybe it could be because South Carolina is never ahead. So, <laughs> you know, that could be part of why he's not getting a lot of attacks at the quarterback. But uh, Zach Pickens, the guy, potentials there, former five star player, uh, to be a top NFL uh, defensive lineman. Yeah, I you know I loved him. I loved him coming out of high school. I thought last year he was playing pretty well. Um, I've watched the Arkansas and the Georgia game so far, and I, I I wasn't overly impressed. I thought he took a step backwards. And like you said, it might be you know kind of playing back on their heels. The defense wasn't playing well for South Carolina. Neither of those games was uh, it wasn't going very well. He's maybe trying to do too much, but um, I, I have I have some concerns about the upside. Ultimately, I, th- I think he's still a day two guy. Uh, that's why he's my number five. But we'll see what happens from here. I think I, th- I think I think you can get it back for sure. Twelve tackles in the Arkansas game. Um, they ran a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, Couple, couple missed tackles too on Rocket Sanders as well. That's that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> uh, number three. On my list and number four on yours is Florida defensive lineman Javon Dexter, a guy I wasn't familiar with until a couple weeks ago. Uh, got to watch him, and yeah, he's good. He is uh, he is quite good. Uh, great size, 6'6", 313. Uh, can, can rush the passer, un, also very good in run defense. Pro, very well could be moving up past Pickens on my list by the end of the season, I think, is uh, Javon Dexter. Yeah, I, I don't know. He he's just had some consistently good games. The the Kentucky game, he was dominant. That's what really bumped him up my list because I mean, it's a pretty good offense, uh, decent offensive line, and he he was getting the backfield. Had the sack on Will Levis. Had the uh, tipped interception. Um, you know, it was like super interesting to see. Javon Dexter in that game because a guy as big as he is that moves as fluidly as he does you don't get that too often uh with with that tall and that length I mean he's his wingspan is going to be ginormous and I think that's gonna that's why I have him where I do um I'm gonna let you pronounce because I don't even know how to pronounce his name <laughs> you're number three um from LSU is it is it Joculin? Jacqueline, uh, I think Jacqueline, Jacqueline, Jacqueline Roy, Roy. Yeah. Uh, defensive line LSU. I haven't watched him yet. Uh, number three on your list. So I, apparently I need to watch him pretty soon. Yeah, I think it's worth watching. Um, you know, LSU's in an interesting spot where I think there's some good players on the defense and there's some like not very good players on the defense. Um, but I think Jacqueline Roy is one of the good ones. Uh, you know, they haven't played too many good teams yet he didn't do too much in the florida state game um, but he was a player that was kind of on my radar and i think uh, against mississippi state he was a player that that made a big difference you know he's 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 a a little built a little more like a nose tackle he's only 315 but he kind of is built as that kind of stocky i think you could put him at a nose tackle spot in some of these NFL defenses to stop the run, um, you know, really good at stacking up opposing offensive linemen, filling the gap. He has a pretty long reach, um, good, good tackle ability in the backfield too. So another player, I don't know about the upside, 
but I feel like he's versatile enough that it's really interesting. And finally, um, number five on my list is Oklahoma State's Tyler Lacey. Talked about him a few weeks ago. I was that impressed with him that I moved. I moved him up. I, I think he has the ability to take over a football game, uh, rushing the passer from the inside. Uh, I've seen him as a defensive end, uh, and truth be told, that's probably his, you know, base setup as is in the NFL's defensive end at 6'4", 285. He's going to be a bit undersized to play like a nose or, or maybe even undersized to play a three tech. But I think he can be that guy that's first and second down on the outside kicks inside in the, in the pass rush down situation NFL. But I think his pass rush upside alone is worthy enough for me to put him at number five. He's, he's definitely moved up my list a ton. He's looked good in these couple games. This is going to be a big game coming up against Baylor for him and if he can perform well uh, top five is very possible i think the question is like he has the pass rush ability he's moving at 285 he does well he's a little bit of a tweener kind of like you said like i think a lot of four or three teams are going to be uh, i don't know uh, i think maybe a five tech could be a nice position in some of the three four defenses that are still around so many teams do a multiple that you feel like you could find a place for a player who has the explosiveness that he has it may be one of those deals where a team is going to want him to put on about 15, 20 pounds and see if he keeps that same explosion that he has at 285. Um, it'll be interesting to see. And that might be something to watch as we go forward with the all-star circuit uh, and, you know, the combine, how much weight does he try to add or if he adds any weight at all. And just something to keep an eye on or – Maybe he actually loses some weight and just goes full time edge. You know, we we've seen right. that happen yeah. before as well. So, uh, Shane, with fourteen games on the docket this week for us. Uh, we're back in we're back in full swing this week. We did something interesting this week uh, as a way for me to I don't want to call it a filler type deal last Friday, but uh, we ask everybody to vote on what games they wanted us to watch. And we had several votes. So we took the top four and we split the games evenly. And we'll let you know when we get to those games uh, who were the top vote getters. And I can tell you, surprisingly, that one of them was tomorrow night's game uh, at 7 o'clock on ESPN. Um, If it wasn't for DVR, I can tell you I wouldn't watch it. (laughs) But... uh, Utah State at BYU, and I have watched both of these teams already this season. Uh, so this will be my second look at them and a second look at some good offensive linemen there for BYU, Blake Freeland, uh, Clark Barrington, a couple of those guys. Uh, another look at Jaron Hall, the quarterback, and Christopher Books, the running back. So uh, I don't know that there is – a draftable player on Utah State's team. I think you're going to have maybe some camp bodies there, but uh, BYU definitely has some several players that are going to get drafted. I watched Utah State last week. I, I don't. I don't think there is. Uh, maybe maybe there's someone is, that is, is camp body too nice. Uh, I, 
One or two, you know, not not much there. I think BYU is going to dominate this game because uh, Jaron Hall just keeps getting better. Every time I watch him, I keep bumping him up my list. I think he's in my top five quarterbacks now uh, at this point. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's in my top five QBs. So I, I'm interested to see how this goes. Uh, the top two receivers, Gunnar Romney and, and Puka Nasua, are back. They, they were hobbled last week, but back, so – um, yeah, an interesting vote getter there. Yeah, Puka Nakua, hell of an athlete uh, at wide receiver for uh, BYU. Glad to know that I'll get to see him again uh, as he was very explosive for the first quarter of the game that I watched uh, theirs earlier this season. Uh, Friday night, 6 p.m. on ESPN, Tulane at Houston. Uh, I'll be watching this game and uh, my second go at Houston and – See if Derek Parrish has another one of those uh, crazy four-sack performances like he had uh, there. But I haven't seen much, other than Tulane beating Kansas State a few weeks ago, I haven't seen much. But I, I come in looking for their quarterback this year, um, Michael Pratt, third-year player. Uh, anxious to see if he's has continued his upward trajectory that he was showing as a redshirt freshman. He, he, he has some talent. I don't think he'll be in this draft ultimately. Uh, I think he's going to stick around for another year or two, but I think it could be a good look at him. I do like the running back Tajay Spears as a potential camp guy who is productive. And they have a couple defenders on that team uh, that are interesting. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, Houston has a little more of the pro prospects. I do like uh, Chidozi Nwankwo, the defensive lineman there. Once again, probably going to go back to school, but you never know. Um, and we've, we've talked about Nathaniel Dell, their, their small receiver returner, who's uh, one of the top returners in the nation. Yeah, uh, I remember last year uh, enjoying watching uh, Tulane tight end Tyreek James. So uh, get another look at him. 6.30 p.m. Friday night, uh, CBS Sports Network. Shane, UTSA at the crazy, all of a sudden, old Oakland Raider bomb down the field offense, Middle Tennessee State after just thoroughly beating Miami. It was not an upset. They beat Miami up and down the field uh, last week. So uh, I know UTSA's got some 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 good players, especially wide receivers, Zakari Franklin. Uh, uh, anybody from Middle Tennessee here you're, you're wanting to get a good look at? Yeah, I, I really like Jalen Lane, their receiver as well. He's he's another return guy, special teamer who's Is he fast. the one that averaged 86 and a half yards a catch last week, or was that somebody yeah. else? Uh I, I think it was him. I I, I don't I know. I don't know. Yeah. I know um, they had one receiver had averaged 86 and a half yards a catch. Two yeah. catches. It, it sounds it sounds sounds very right. I'm trying I'm trying to remember. I watched that game, I'm like, I don't remember what uh, but it probably it probably was him. Knowing no, he only averaged 32 and a half. Oh, just 32 and a half. You know, that's, so that's, that's sad. Crap. Uh, but I mean, he, he is fast, he is good. But really, I want to watch UTSA. You know, you mentioned the receivers. Um, Zachary Franklin is good, but uh, Joshua Cephas leads uh, is second on the team in receptions. And then they, they have another player who I need to add to our list, uh, DeCorian Clark. He's on our list. Oh, okay. It was, yeah. I, I didn't see him on there. Um, all three of them. Uh, uh, yeah, I see him now. All three of them are crushing it. All about 400 yards apiece. 12 touchdowns between the three. It's 
it's wild how this UTSA offense, but all three of those receivers worthwhile. Yeah. All three of them had good games against army in that game. I watched uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, 9.30 p.m. on ESPN Friday night, Washington at UCLA. My first look at both of these teams this year. Um, I still look to see if uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson can be a day three high or upside day three quarterback pick maybe. I don't know. Uh, Zach Charbonnet, their running back's a stud, one of the better running backs in this class. Uh, Washington. Anxious to get my look on them. And Michael Penix, who you mentioned earlier, uh, the Indiana transfer quarterback, is uh, having a great early start uh, to this 2022 season. Um, is is Topola Fatui, uh, is he back? Is he is he is he healthy now? Uh, I, I believe so. Um, let me see. I think I think I have him. Yeah, he's he's back. He's there. He had a, a sack and a half against Stanford, so. So good. So he's back good to, to go. It. So so hopefully, yeah, we we can see him back to that full potential uh, that he showed a couple of years ago. So anxious to see that uh, Pac-12 uh, after dark game there. I'll probably won't see it until Saturday if we're going to be honest. Uh, <laughs> hey, another viewer selected game. This one makes more sense uh, for you, Shane. Uh, SEC 11 a.m. on Saturday. ESPN. Kentucky at Mississippi. Uh, is this your first look at the the ribs this year? Yeah, well, I just, I think it's my first official look at them, so I'm excited to see you know what Will Levis is going to do there with Kentucky. Um, so, you know, see how legitimate he is. Has had I think some up and down performances so far, um, but the, the the linebackers for Kentucky too. They produced you know John Davis first round pick a couple years ago, but uh, Jaquez Jones, JJ Weaver. They have some good linebackers on that team. And, I mean, Mississippi has the run game. Zach Evans, we'll see if he plays. He had some type of medical issue uh, last week and, and came out. Um, but, you know, Ole Miss in general has – the offense hasn't been quite as – the passing game not as explosive. But I like Jeremy James, their guard, and Nick Broker, their two, uh, two of their interior linemen that are pretty good. Both these teams undefeated. So, we'll see. Uh, another viewer selected game. Uh, this one should probably not set the world on fire for me either. 11 a.m. on Fox, Michigan at Iowa. I guess Michigan's putting up points at least, right? So good to see their offense, uh, out there. And, uh, is it, is it M- McCarthy is their quarterback now? Not mm-hmm. eligible for this draft, correct? Uh, so anxious to see them out there as well. Uh, Iowa, I've watched them already. Their offense has been putrid uh, to be nice. Look, you, you, maybe you'll fall in love with Tory Taylor, their punter. He's He's been the best punter in the nation by far and uh, done really well. Uh, and the, their defense is good. Lucas Van Ness, I know you you liked, uh, I think, mm-hmm. in previous years. is, And I really like Jack Campbell, Iowa's linebacker. Of course, Michigan has players. Uh, Mozzie Smith was is one of the most athletic defensive linemen in the country uh, for his size. Uh, like Roman Wilson, their receivers, a super good athlete. Um, and you know, watch out for Blake Corum. Their running backs getting hot, and he might be playing himself into day two. Uh, I saw a, one of the earlier weeks. Uh, 
he was a late transfer in from UT Martin, uh, formerly of Alabama. I think he was a five-star player coming out of high school. Is it, is it Yabi Anoma there uh, has, has made an early impact there for Michigan. So anxious to see him as well. Uh, Shane and 12 other people uh, will be able to watch at 1 p.m. on the Pac-12 network. Uh, Oregon State at Utah. And I might have picked this game myself if I had access to the Pac-12 network, but I do not. So It, it, it takes some finagling for me to get the Pac-12 network, I ain't got so. that kind of time. If I can't find it on my TV, <laughs> I'm not doing it. Uh, but I love Riz John Wright, uh, their corner. Uh, Shut down Jordan Addison. This guy is a stud. Uh, Jim Nagy was the first person I saw talking him up senior bowl. So good chance. Uh, maybe I'll get to see him uh, down here in January, shutting down some, uh, some receivers in the one-on-ones. Uh, Luke Musgrave, their tight end. Uh, we're, we may talk a little bit later about Mel Kuyper's uh, rankings, but I can tell you that Luke Musgrave is his number two tight end. Yeah, he's uh, hurt, won't be in this game, but well, uh, I will you will not be watching Luke Musgrave. <laughs> I won't game. get to see him, unfortunately. Uh Utah, you've seen before we talked earlier about uh their tight ends. Brant Cuthy is out, so Dalton Kincaid uh a chance to uh step up in his place. Um, I think Tavion Thomas was being held out last week for some sort of disciplinary issues against Arizona State based off the I had the TV broadcast of the replay of it in the background last night, and I heard him talking about it. Yeah, the, so. the, the Twitter rumors were bad, but he came in and ran for sixty yards in the fourth quarter oh. just for fun. I, uh, I don't know what I don't want to. Talk <laughs> we're we're going to spread rumors. Yeah, but uh, um, how's yeah, Cam I mean, Rising been this year? He, he's been okay. You know, he was another one of those guys on, on my article I wrote about potential first round quarterbacks who uh, I slid him in at the end there, but I don't think he's quite lived up to that. Just a lot of, a lot of passes to the tight ends that make it a little hard to evaluate. Um, But I I think he's been, you know, he could make an NFL team, make a roster, make a camp. Uh, And Clark Phillips, the third, the corner who had a lot of hype coming into the season. So far from what I've seen, I don't think he's been quite as good. Some people had him in the first round. I don't think he's quite been there. So maybe against Oregon state, he can, kind of get it back a little bit shane do you like watching physical football games i i do i do i enjoy those linemen well well shane uh i think you're gonna see probably the most physical football game maybe one of the most physical football games uh of the entire regular season uh of sec play here arkansas hosting alabama 2 30 p.m on cbs uh this is gonna be one of those where they're just gonna be punching each other in the mouth for, for a little bit in this game. Uh, there are some people who think Alabama could be on upset alert here. We'll see. We'll see. Um, so you're going to have Arkansas is going to try to run the ball a lot. Alabama more balanced. Yeah, we'll see how it goes because I, I do think Arkansas's interior line matches up well. Ricky Stromberg, their center, uh, who who probably is going to be a senior bowl participant. Is, made his way into the first round of my mock draft this week. He, that, that, he, that he did. He did make his way in the first round. And I think he's played 
you know, up tough the stuff to be the top center in this class. Um, this this will be he'll have his hands full with some of the interior Alabama linemen, but they have a couple other good interior line, Marcus Henderson um, for Arkansas that and, and Dalton Wagner, you know, on that O line. So I'll be interested to see if they can run the football. And Alabama's probably going to play. I think you'll see a lot of Jordan Battle, their safety in the box, potential first round safety as well. Uh, Henry 2020's played much better this year than he did last year. Um, but, you know, there's definitely some weaknesses in this Alabama uh, defense that'll be intriguing. So we'll see how Bryce Young plays. Uh, Arkansas's defense is also very physical and see if um, I, I like Cameron Law to their tight end. Not quite fully healthy, but I think this week he'll kind of be back and could start breaking out a little bit. I think for Arkansas to win this game, KJ Jefferson's going to have to make some plays downfield and uh, hit hit some of those big trees he's got outside at receiver <laughs> down the field and make some plays. Yeah, I, I like Jane Hazelwood. He's played well. I'm just waiting for that, that big play. This could be the game. Uh, Shane, I usually stay away from the internet games. I'm not a, not a fan of going to the internet to watch football <laughs> on Saturday, but I'm going to make an exception this week and I'm going to watch South Alabama at Louisiana, uh, 4 PM on ESPN plus South Alabama, a road favorite here. Uh, the Cajuns have struggled, uh, so far this season. Um, how did you like, uh, Daryl Luter in the South Alabama game you watched a couple weeks ago? I, I was impressed with him against central Michigan, uh, I mean, the South Alabama team in general is really, pretty really good. good. <laughs> but, but pretty good. It is really good. I mean, like, they like, they, they should be unbeaten right now. They should have beaten UCLA. Close. Uh, so, yeah. Down year, definitely, for, uh, for old ULL there. Uh, Jalen Wayne, another player for South Alabama, six-year wide receiver, has some uh, explosiveness to his game. So, anxious to see that one. Uh, 6 p.m. on ESPNU, Shane, you'll be watching Cincinnati at Tulsa. Uh, couple, I mean, I love both Cincinnati tight ends. I've talked about that before, especially Josh Wiley there. Uh, Tulsa, uh, played tough last week. Um, almost pulled it out there. Uh, they've got a couple of wide receiver prospects, uh, a couple sixth year players there to watch out for. But, uh, wh- what are you looking for in this one? I, I'm actually kind of interested in watching uh, Tyler Scott, the receiver for Cincinnati. He he lit up Indiana, had three touchdowns in that game. I, I don't know if he's still returning kicks. I don't think he has a return this year, but he was a good returner for them last year. Maybe now he's going full time receiver. Um, but he's been he's been really good with their new quarterback Ben Bryant. So I want to get an eye on you know on some of those players. Um, yeah, Tulsa is has a couple interesting players. Like, I feel like Keelan Stokes feels like he's been there forever. I feel like I remember watching him like five years ago and be like, oh, this guy's pretty good. Um, but they, they have an offense that's pretty explosive. I like Anthony Goodlow, their edge rusher. Um, and Cincinnati has some offensive linemen. I think it would be a good match against Lorenz Metz. So it's uh, I, I guess I'm, I'm kind of excited for this game. It's one of, one of those games that I, are on my list. I'm like, oh, this, this is going to be fun. So I hope it's a close, good matchup. A top 10 matchup, uh, oddly enough, for me here, 6.30 p.m. on ABC, NC State at Clemson. And um, it appears that we have seen a reemergence somewhat of uh, DJ Uwangale, uh last week against Wake Forest. Um, 
And Devin Leary, quarterback for NC State, a guy that was heavily talked about before the season. I have not actually ever watched him, you know, so this will be my first uh, first go at him this year as well. And both these teams have some very good football players. Uh, we talked earlier about Brian Reese, the uh, defensive lineman, Miles Murphy, the edge rusher for Clemson as well. Um, I don't know if NC State has that offensive tackle prospect like they had Ike McQuanu last year to see how they match up here. But a couple of uh, interesting defensive players for the Wolfpack as well. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Miles Murphy is on my stock up list. I, I think he's got a chance to be, you know, edge one in this class, uh, you know, after Will Anderson, obviously. Um, I think Miles Murphy could be right there. He played really well against Wake Forest. This is maybe even a bigger test for him. So I'm interested to see how you come out looking at him. But I like the NC State defense. I and mean, Peyton Wilson uh, and Drake Thomas, the linebackers there, good downhill tacklers. Uh, Sheehan Battle, the corner. Um, they have they have a much better defense this year than offense has kind of flipped from last year. So I think DJU is going to struggle <laughs> again in this one. Uh, a little better defense than Wake Forest was. 9.30 on ESPN, Shane, you'll be watching Arizona State at Southern Cal. Um, you said Jordan Addison struggled a little bit last week, so he'll be looking at a uh, probably a get-right game this week. I'd imagine Arizona State's not very good. Yeah, I, I know that pun was not intended for, for a get-right game for Jordan Addison after going up against Rajon Wright last week and blowing it. But uh, no Arizona pun. State should provide the opportunity. <laughs> they, have, they have not been – They've not been good in Jordan Addison and every other game uh, looks like a true stud. Uh, you know, one player for Southern Cal I'm excited to watch is Shane Lee, the linebacker transfer from Alabama has been racking up a lot of tackles. Uh, I really liked him when he, when he filled in a couple years ago at Bama and then he kind of lost that job. So he's, he's on my list that like, okay, I want to make sure I watch him. And we talked to Arizona state a little bit. There's not much in the cupboard for them anymore fired Herm Edwards like it's it's pretty rough um uh, Xavier Valaday the running back uh now the running backs coach is the head coach has been getting the carries so we'll see if they can keep it close here uh heard a lot of good uh talk about uh Colorado transfer at corner Makai uh Blackman as well so uh we'll see how much work he yeah, actually gets this way keep an eye out uh, 10 p.m. on FS1. I'll be watching uh, Stanford at Oregon. Uh, my first look at Stanford this year. Anxious to see how the Bo Nix experience goes this week. Seems to have been playing better since the Georgia game. The whole whole of Oregon team has been playing a lot better uh, since that game. I guess there's only one way to go from up. A guy I'm going to f- really focus on this game is one of – I know – the Athletics' Dane Brugler's favorites is a Christian Gonzalez uh, corner for Oregon. We've got him listed as safety. I think we just need to probably modify that. But uh, definitely going to watch this game. Uh, and speaking of corners, uh, one of my favorite corners last year to watch was uh, Stanford's Caillou Blue Kelly. So uh, get to watch him again this week as well. Yeah, I, he'll he'll hopefully do a little bit better than he did uh, against Addison. He, but he's played well the other games that I've seen for Caillou Blue Kelly uh, against Troy Franklin, their sophomore receiver for Oregon, they'll actually be a pretty good matchup. Um, Tanner McKee still stays kind of in the 
lexicon. I don't know if he's played. We have to talk about him. He's there. Yeah, he's there. And and people are still putting him in the draft. Uh, But, um, you know, Stanford really a physical team. Look out for Michael Wilson, their top receiver as well. I think he could be a late round draftable type player. Um, and, and I still like the offensive tackles for Stanford. I don't think they get enough credit for, um, you know, for how, how good they are as well. Miles Hinton, uh, I like a lot. Walter Rouse, pretty good. Um, the linebackers for Oregon are really good, uh, especially Noah Sewell. Um, Justin Flo, also really good. Uh, do you like Benjamin Urasek, the tight end for Stanford? Yeah, I, I, I still don't feel like he's put it together, but a big athlete at tight end. Um, I thought they would use him more, but you know, Stanford tight ends, I feel like you might as well buy in. Usually they do something in the NFL more than they do in college. So um, This game was originally – this is an, our last viewer-selected game. Uh, Shane was originally scheduled for Saturday, but because of Hurricane Ian has moved to Sunday. Uh Sunday at 12 p.m. Yeah, so I'm sure a great number of viewers <laughs> yeah. will be watching this one. Thanks, on thanks ESPN, to the viewer. Everything uh, came to viewers. The, the hurricane came through to get me to watch this game instead of the NFL. Uh, it's like, oh, man. Um, SMU at UCF uh, noon on ESPNU. Um, we talked about Rasheed Rice. This guy's great. Uh, Tanner Mordecai has been, has been pretty good. Uh, dealing that offense for SMU as well. Uh, UCF has a couple of players I think worth worth mentioning, but it's really about the SMU guys here. Yeah, I mean, I mean those, those are pretty good. I like uh, Elijah Chapman, their defensive lineman as well. Um, Jalen Thomas, their guard. UCF, I mean, the best prospect might be their long snapper, Alex Ward. Uh, could be. So I'm excited to watch him, and we'll see. Um, Devon Wilson, their safety, probably makes makes a cam. So it, it'll be interesting. I, I haven't watched much UCF this year. Um, John Reese Plumley from transfer from Mississippi has played well. We'll see how it goes from here. Um, well, who's the guy that's that's playing a lot early for the was it the Chargers? Uh, fullback, running back. Xander Horvath. Yeah, yeah, Horvath. Uh, I, I could see a similar role for Isaiah Bowser, UCF, uh, at the next level, maybe. Yeah. So keep an eye on that. Shane, uh, we've been making money for people if they've been betting on these games. It's been good. It's been good so it's far. It's been, been good for us. Let's knock on the old wood here. Uh, I'm 4-1 thus far this year. Uh, I'm streaking three in a row. SMU, by the way, my only uh, loss, and I and I and we, we talked about it. I I I hedged and I shouldn't have. Uh, Shane, you're three and two, three in a row, three in a row. I was I started on two and looked bad for a while. Start. But, uh, so let's go to FanDuel here and get the odds for two games this week. And um, I have been impressed with Western Kentucky. Uh, their offense is humming. Uh, I watched them against Indiana. They almost pulled off the dub in that game. Then they followed it up playing uh, FIU and beat them 73 to nothing <laughs> last week. I'm going to ride with the Hilltoppers here. Austin Reed, the uh, Division II transfer up quarterback, has been good. Um, they've got good receivers. 
I think they're going to put up a lot of points. I watched Troy last week. They are not going to put up a lot of points. Their offense is not very good. So I think Western Kentucky minus five and a half at home against Troy is the play I'm going to go with. That's fair. Troy Troy did beat Marshall, who beat Notre Dame. So I, I think you're, but I think you're in safe hands if you don't go by the transitive property of college football that never works out like people want it to. <laughs> um, I, I'm I'm going Toledo minus six and a half against Central Michigan and some action here on Saturday. Uh, I really was impressed with Daquan Finn, Toledo's quarterback against Ohio State. Uh, Central Michigan might be without their quarterback, Daniel Richardson, who's played well. I think Lou Nichols, uh, the Central Michigan offensive line, not what it was. We've had a couple guys go to the NFL for some reason. It goes backwards a little bit. So I think Toledo can get a little bit of pressure. I think they can put up points for sure and uh, win by a touchdown at home. I'll take that. I like it. No, I, yeah, I almost picked Arkansas. I didn't almost pick Arkansas. We'll be betting on Arkansas plus, what is it, like 16 and a half, 17 against uh, Alabama. I think it so. opened at 20, so it has come, so it's come it down has a little come bit. Down but a little I'm, bit. I'm, I'm still in. I'm still in. All right. Uh, this next times where we usually answer questions, but we got none on Twitter, none in chat, none on the Discord. So I want to talk – I've pulled up, as I am a ESPN Plus subscriber, I have pulled up the uh, Mel Kuyper Jr. is up to his top 10 at each position, and I'm going to try to look at some disparaging uh, here uh, spots. And I look at quarterback and Will Levis, number two, uh, on his on Mel Kuyper Jr.'s quarterback's board, Shane. Uh, probably not where you would have him, I would assume. No, look, I have a number six right now, and like maybe maybe I'll, I'll bump him up after this week if he plays well. But uh, I, I still think he's overhyped. Doesn't mean he, he's not a first round pick. He was in my first round mock. I think he'll go there, but I don't think it's going to be great. I, I'm surprised to have him over Bryce Young. Just uh, he has me. Two, he has two quarterbacks immediately ahead of Hendon Hooker, who he has at eight. Uh, Cameron Ward from Washington State, Jared Hall, BYU. He has both those players ranked ahead of Hendon Hooker. Yeah, and I, I have Hall at four and Hooker at three. Um, I, I, I'm not there with Cam Ward yet. The transfer from Incarnate Word it's looked athletic, but I don't think it's passing. I, so I'm pretty surprised, but I don't think it's passing there yet. I don't, I don't see any glaring anomalies at running back except one name I don't think we've really mentioned here his number six running back is Dwayne McBride from UAB very very productive very productive player 5'11 215 he's big he's decently fast and crushing it this year he's catching passes so uh yeah I think we need to we need to watch Dwayne McBride but he has Jaheim Bell listed as a fullback h-back well, he is running more than he's catching, so that's true. I would that's too. <laughs> uh, he is third on that list behind Eric Gilbert and Hunter Lukey, who you have talked about. Eric Gilbert hasn't played this year, so great. Uh, yeah, Hunter Lukey, we talked about last week. What wide receiver? Nothing out of the ordinary there. Uh, tight end Luke Musgrave, second. Dalton Kincaid, third, on Mel Kiper Jr.'s. Uh, tight ends list here um, that also includes Tucker Craft, South Dakota State at number six. Uh, offensive tackles, 
Uh, nothing really out of the ordinary here. Top three is pretty much, I think, uh, although Paris Johnson is listed as his top offensive tackle. Yeah, upside, I think, will it's very likely he goes there. He's been playing like it. I'll say that. Um, apparently, Mel Kuyper, not a fan of my first-round pick this week, Ricky Stromberg, and number one center, as he is his number seven center. Oh, there you go. That's a little surprising. A little surprising there. Uh, John Michael Schmitz is his number one. Uh, Cedric Von Prahn, then Ola Segan, Ola Watimi, Steve Avila, Joe Tipman, and Luke Whippler all ahead of Ricky Stromberg. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I don't think we have Tipman listed as the center, but it's that's interesting. That's it's kind of an odd. I, it's the fact center is always that way. It's always a little tough to guess, but oof, it's a little strange. Uh, his defensive ends here, uh, Jared Verse, number two. Once again, he's played like it. I feel like a lot of these lists is like, oh, you know, this year here's. Who's look good because Jared Verse has looked like that, but uh, got hurt a couple weeks back. Anxious to see what you say about this guy since you're watching them this week. Uh, his number three defensive tackle is Tuli Tuapula Lotu from Southern Cal. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. I'm, I'll circle him on my list as well. I don't know where, uh, I don't even know where I have him on my rankings. So I'll, uh, I'll pay special attention. It's good, good to, good to note. Um, he has Drew Sanders listed as an inside linebacker. It's his number one inside linebacker. That's interesting. Um, okay. I, I don't think he's playing there, right? Am I, I'm not no, crazy. He's, he's rushing off the Arkansas. edge, right? I was yeah. like, you, you watched Arkansas. I'm not crazy. I mean, I'm missing something here. Yeah, he had two sacks and like four tackles for loss from the edge positioning at South Carolina. So, yeah, was, so I mean, maybe – yeah, I maybe, know, maybe it's something we don't know. Yeah, or maybe you know, maybe his differentiation between linebacker and D end and all that's a little wonky. Could well, be. no, I mean he's got. I mean he lists outside linebackers with Will Anderson and Andre Carter, who we would have all his edge guys as outside linebackers. Yeah, so I mean, to me, that's where Drew Sanders should be. Uh, Noah Sewell's third, Trenton Simpson fourth, Owen Pepo, Henry Toto, those further on down. Uh, his outside linebackers, I guess, what we would consider edge guys here. Uh, Will Anderson, one, obviously. Uh, also his number one overall player, obviously. Uh, Andre Carter, two, uh, who I moved, who is my number five edge guy. Uh, Isaiah Foskey. Uh, here's a name that I've seen uh, bandied about on the Twitter, and I haven't watched Washington State yet. Uh, Dayon Henley, uh, Washington State, his number four outside linebacker. Yeah, he's he's been interesting. Not, not not a player that I've um I don't think I've moved up, but the the one game I watched was like super impressive, uh, especially lateral agility wise. So he's he's someone I, I need to move up my list to. Uh, have you seen his cornerback rankings? No, I have not. Can you guess who his number one corner is? <laughs> um is it a surprise or is I, I, I could I, be. Cam Smith is are we going? He's number your two. guy, number two. Okay, Joey Porter Jr. Penn oh, State, Mel Kiper Jr. Number one corner, uh, Kaylee Ringo third. Uh, hit Mel, Mel, a fan of Caillou Blue Kelly, has him sixth ahead nice. of Christian Gonzalez, seventh. But uh, Daryl Luter Jr., South Alabama, a guy we just talked about earlier, uh, number nine corner for Mel Kiper. Uh, his safety's interesting. 
number one safety for him is Texas A&M's Antonio Johnson. Uh, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Jaya Year Brown, Penn State, number two. And then it's followed by a pair of Alabama guys, Brian Branch, Jordan Battle, J.L. Skinner, uh, number five on his safety list. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I, th- I think it's fair. Um, I feel like safety, especially this year, uh, there's a lot, you know, like Brian Branch is playing a lot of slots and oh, with Malachi Moore, who, who I like to. Um, Jair Brown's my 12th safety, but uh, has done a lot in that secondary. So it's, it's a little bit interesting. And, and safety is always a tough eval. So one more guess, Shane, here for you. Who's his number one specialist? Uh, I got I to go Tory Taylor. Uh, he is number six. Number six specialist. Six. All right. He is uh, his then, number three. That would make him his number three punter. No, a punter is number one. A, p- a punter is number one. Ooh, man. Uh, Adam Korsik. Did not make no. his top no, ten. Was, well, I, I'm way off then. Bryce Beringer, punter from Michigan State, number one uh, specialist. His top kicker, Chad Ryland from Maryland. So, uh, interesting where oh, Mel is uh, at yeah. here. Uh, yeah, that Mel is, Mel is uh, thinking a lot differently than we are up to this point. And, you know, like I think a lot of his rankings are kind of ear to the ground stuff. And, you know, that that's, you know, we're going off what we're seeing more than like what we're hearing. Right. That's not what we do. Um, but it does give us some good players to go back and watch. And, you know, usually they're pretty good. If the NFL like if the NFL's high on a guy, like usually they're pretty good. Right. So. Um, uh, it's good to to look at and give you some more players to go back and watch uh, in detail. Final thoughts uh, before we wrap this thing up, Shane. No, not much. I mean, I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm releasing an article on Friday come my top small school player at each position, uh, which is interesting to figure out. Uh, one position is bereft of small school talent. So that uh, center has been a little bit difficult, uh, but outside of that, it's been pretty good. So I'm trying to catch up on some small school games and figure those out. So you can check that out. And then my mock this week, I'm going 2025 uh, three round mock. So we're going with the true freshmen, some emerging true freshmen that uh, I have not had in my rankings before will be in this mock. So I'm excited for that. And how many rounds is that going to be? I'm going three. I and I feel like anything more than that just gets me going by recruiting rankings, guys that aren't yeah. playing. So, yeah. So that should be fun. Uh, those two big numbers on the website, those advanced year mock drafts. It's crazy. It, it blows my mind uh, how well those things do. But uh, people love that stuff. Uh, my final thought here, good to be back. Uh, good to get back into the groove. I'm, I'm really anxious for this weekend, you know, because I haven't watched a full slate of games in two weeks. Yeah. So it's going to be uh, anxious to get back there and uh, get back at it this week. Uh, and, again, uh, anybody who is not subscribed to our YouTube channel, please do so. Hit that notification bell. If you uh, listen to us audio, uh, leave us a good review there. And uh, spread the word about the podcast. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Deep Fried Draft. Follow Shane on Twitter at Shane P. Howell. Follow Draft Countdown on Twitter at Draft Countdown. Go to draftcountdown.com for everything you need to see about the NFL draft this year, next year, and the year after Draft Countdown. 
Com. Uh, that's going to do it for this week. Everybody in Florida, stay safe. Uh, good night, everybody.